Warning! This episode contains foul language and EVPs that are best heard through a set of headphones. It Weird, the podcast for all things strange, unusual, paranormal, supernatural, creepy, sticky, gross, scary, and everything in between. Each week, we sit down with a friend, co-worker, or nobody, and we talk about something weird. Duh. This week... It. Yep, you were there. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you were right there. Duh. This week, we invited no one at all because it is our season two finale. Yay! I mean, I'm so sad. I mean, but also, yay. I mean, we need a breather, but (laughs) it is very sad. And I can't believe how fast this year went, but it's crazy. Tonight, we will be discussing our ghostly investigation of the Los Angeles neighborhood, Culver City. We had the pleasure of exploring the Holy Cross Cemetery and the lovely Culver Hotel, both of which have a storied past and some interesting paranormal sightings associated with them. Get ready to investigate right alongside us as we close out another great season. My name is Lauren, and this is my co-host, Ashley. Hi, weirdos. It's me, your girl, your Ashley. Girl, Ash. Ash Cass. <laughs> Ash Cass. That's what my friends call me. No, they don't. They don't, but they, they should start. No. I feel like someone calls you that, don't they? Someone calls me Ben, who was in Rosemary's Benjamin, who's one of my very good friends from college, calls me Smashly. I like that. And sometimes Smash, and that's my favorite. I like Smash. That anyone's come up with. That's real fun. Mm -hmm. I do enjoy having a vowel in my name now because before when it was Myers, like it was hard to put Lauren and Myers and do anything with it. But now I can be Logal now that I have the O Logal. And the baby can be Bogle and it's great. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good time in my life. Logal. Bogle. So... This investigation actually was completely different than our last in that we did almost no research beforehand. Yep. Um, Last year when we investigated the Millennium Biltmore Hotel in downtown LA, we did extensive research beforehand (laughs) in order to find the exact areas of the hotel (laughs) that reportedly had the most activity as well as the entire history of the hotel. Yeah, we knew like every nook and cranny. Yeah, we knew every sighting, every historical event that took place there. We Mm -hmm. were prepared. This time we decided we wanted to go in with just the existing knowledge that we had and go from there, which would have been impossible at the Biltmore because that hotel is so big. It's so, so big. And if we had gone floor by floor and tried to just investigate blindly, it would have taken us all night. And we probably would have gotten murdered by somebody. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? It just would have been bad. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) But the Culver Hotel is much, much smaller. We Mm -hmm. were able to traverse four floors of the Culver Hotel in the amount of time it took us to investigate one floor of the Millennium Biltmore. I did the math. (laughs) And I was like, oh my God. And we... Went up and down the floors twice, and it still mm-hmm. only took us like an hour to. Yeah, it was like, oh, we watched a lot of ghost adventures. We did on it our downtime. Got us pumped up. Yeah, <laughs> we 
we watched Ghost Adventures. Still really bothered by the fact that his name is pronounced Bagans. Yeah. How is it not Bagans? How is it not Zach Bagans? I'll never be over it. It can't be Bagans. It sounds like you're like like over correcting in a Midwest way, like Bagans. Bagans. I I don't like it. Zach Bagans. (laughs) I. But you know what's my favorite part about Zach Bagans is the way he pronounces everything. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The way he speaks, everything he says. What was it that he kept? Oh, man. Else. Else. Is anyone else? He added a T. Anyone else in the room? here. Yeah. Listen to the tears and I actually... of the children, or whatever he said. He said <laughs> oh, the rain was, the like, rain so was like the tears of the yeah. children, of the orphan children. Oh, man. Yeah. We're so what a character. Rude, he's... No, he's a character. He Listen. is. Yeah, you got to do it for TV. I mean, yeah. he's he's killing it, obviously. People he's love him. more successful than I am. So what am, <laughs> Hell who yes, am I to is. say that he's doing something wrong or silly? Right. I actually went online to like look at because I, I couldn't remember the word that he was mispronouncing so often, else. Uh-huh. And um, I, I googled like Zach Bag- Bagans, Zach Bagans mispronounced word, and there's an entire Reddit thread. <laughs> oh no! And I went through them, and I was like, I gotta watch more Ghost Adventures. I gotta see this in <laughs> in the flesh. Yeah, Anyways. that is so funny. <laughs> I'll have to go look at that. So today we're getting together four days after the investigation to share with each other the histories of the Culver Hotel and the Holy Cross Cemetery and discuss some of the strange things that happened during our investigation, as well as listen to some of the interesting audio recordings that we obtained during our stay. Mm -hmm. Um, Lauren, why don't you start with the history of the Culver Hotel and then we'll get into the investigation of the hotel. Sure. So we have talked a bit about the Culver Hotel in our Holly Weird episode, so this might sound a little familiar, but um, I'm going to go over it again quickly just to kind of give you a refresher. And if you haven't heard that episode, this is new info. So here you go. So the Culver Hotel is 94 years old now. Mamma mia. Mamma mia. (laughs) It was the first skyscraper of the West Side, they called it. It's not even that tall, but it. Stories high. Yeah, it's not tall, but it was the only thing on the West Side that was sticking up pretty much. And it's it's noticed because of that. And when you're in Culver City, it is is the the thing that you see. Yeah, Yeah, everything's really small. True. And I think that is due to like the laws. Nothing can be taller than it. So it was built by Harry Culver. And also, I have to say, I'm so thankful that's his name because. All through the investigation, I kept saying Harry Culver to Ashley, and in the back of my mind, like, what if it's fucking Henry? Well, because like, I, I like tripped you up, because the first time he said Harry Culver, I was like, it's Harry, right? Not Henry. And you were like, damn it. And then the rest of the night, I questioned yeah. myself. So Sorry. thank God it's Harry. It's Harry. <laughs> Harry C. Culver. In 19, he, so it was built by Harry Culver in 1924. It's a wedge-shaped hotel in downtown Culver City. It's very cool architecture, beautiful building. And we debated this during our investigation. It is true. The Culver Hotel received National Historic Landmark status in 1997. So we were happy about that and assumed it was probably true. So the hotel celebrated its centennial just last year. And then they're also having a party for the 10-year anniversary of the remodeling because they did touch it up since, obviously, because it would be falling apart without Mm -hmm. it. They're doing a 1920s masquerade party, which is super fun. And I'm going to see if I can get an invite, but I probably can't. When is that next year? Next year, yeah. So let's we'll see if we can go. We'll, guess show we'll just show up at the door. And, no one's gonna know. turn. Out. We'll be like, "Hey, we're we're we are from Keep It Weird, the podcast. You know Keep us, it weird, obviously. We've been here. We've met. 
You know our celebrity status, so <laughs> let us in the door. <laughs> the most famous thing the Culver Hotel is known for, which is also one of my favorite things, is that the Munchkins stayed here mm-hmm. during The Wizard of Oz. It was filmed at MGM Studios in 1939, which is now Sony, for those of you who are in the Los Angeles area and are like, excuse me? And all of the Munchkins reportedly stayed at the Culver Hotel. And it's reportedly because it's known for sure that a lot of them stayed there, yeah. but there are rumors that the entire cast of Munchkins stayed there and that they slept three to a bed yeah, and threw really wild parties and were just like, it was drunken debauchery 24-7 pretty much. And those are the things that aren't for sure, but I want to believe them so bad. I think so that bad. I read that there was like 124 something yeah 124 munchkins stayed at the culver hotel and the general manager seth horowitz did confirm that the munchkin slept three to a bed but he said he cannot confirm that there was as much drunken debauchery as was rumored to have happened but it was said that they were swinging from chandeliers they were up (laughs) until 5 a.m and still reporting for duty at mgm the next day going to work like they knew how to party. Yeah, apparently. And I pray it's true. <laughs> and I pray it's true. I really want it to be true. So in the Munchkins of Oz. <laughs> in my wildest dreams. <laughs> the Munchkins of Oz stayed there, which is very fun. And in 1997, I guess that same year that it became a landmark, the Munchkins all came to Culver City and had a three-day reunion no. at the Culver Hotel. They all reunited and hung out in the ballroom and oh had a grand old time, which is very cute. Um, they have called the Culver Hotel over the years the heart of Screenland because Culver City was actually like the hub back in the day. I mean, we yeah. all know Hollywood. Everyone just says, you go to Hollywood and you become a star. But Culver City, because of MGM Studios and Hal Roach Studios and Culver Studios, which are also known to be very haunted, are all in this area. So stars were staying at the Culver Hotel. All of the parties were right. at the Culver Paramount Hotel. wasn't. It wasn't a, a thing. Yeah. yeah. So this was like the total Hollywood hub and tons of famous people have stayed there. Um, some very famous ones are like Clark Gable, Greta Garbo, Buster Keaton. Like everyone was there. All the old Hollywood stars. All the there. stars. <laughs> I have that to do was that one voice. thing that I was a little bit disappointed about. Like in the in the Millennium Biltmore downtown, there's that whole hallway of photographs. Yeah. Of the Millennium Biltmore back in its Showing heyday. Showing all the stars. And like Walt Disney mm-hmm. and, and the pictures from like the Oscar ceremony when it was hosted there. And the Culver didn't have any. Didn't really. have any of that. Um, Only pictures of the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. That was like I all thought they had. that maybe d- in, on the second floor, which we'll, we'll talk about in a little bit, but I thought maybe on the second floor, which is where Harry Culver's office was. You know, I I heard that the walls were lined with art, but it's actual like art. It's newer art from yeah, artists it's like of today. Modern yeah, art I from had today, the, and I the was exact like, same mm, thought as you. That was right. disappointing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I wish there could have been some more history. Anyways, go on. Yes, for sure. So this is another rumor, but seems slightly more true. Like well, it seems like many celebrities have confirmed this one, but John Wayne apparently came into ownership of the Culver Hotel in 1945 when he won it in a card game. This Hollywood lore tells us that Wayne won the hotel from none other than Charlie Chaplin. Charlie! Oh, Charlie. But Seth Horowitz, this manager again, says it's not completely verifiable, but boy, is it a good story, and we like to tell it to people. So, yeah, you can take it or leave it. During the 1952 presidential campaign, Dwight D. Eisenhower's L.A. campaign office was located at the Culver Hotel, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, Eisenhower and his running mate, 
um, a little known person by the name of Richard Nixon were frequently <laughs> spotted together in Culver City in the run up to the election, just walking around, hanging out and going to the arc light, going to the arc light right by that public school. Hitting up yeah. public school, you know, all those burger joints that are right there. Um, and then finally, the haunted history of the hotel. It is said that Harry Culver, whose office was on the second floor, as Ashley mentioned, is still roaming the hotel. He died in 1946, but since then, the second floor has had lots of strange things happen from lights going yeah. on and off, doors slamming and swinging open and shut at all hours of the night, seeing like a foot or a leg go into Harry Culver's office, or just thinking you see some sort of figure, some sort of outline when you're there late at night on the second floor. So the second floor is the place that reportedly has the most action. It has also been said that you can see a woman who no one really knows who could be an old Hollywood actress going up the stairs to the second floor lounge. So again, second floor getting all the action. But there's a little lounge that's I don't think we went to it at all because it was so popping down at the bar. But there's a little staircase up to a detached area of the second floor. It doesn't go to where Harry's office is and everything, but it's just a little bar and lounge. There's windows that hang over that pathway where the arc light is. Um, and people have said late at night when the lounge is closed or early in the morning when nobody's there, they've spotted a woman in a nice dress going up the stairs. So the second floor is really where the action is, but there is so much history at this place and so many right. people who have stayed there that it's very possible there are ghosts roaming other floors. There could have been... You know, some negative energy left behind from any altercations that happened in the mm-hmm. hotel over the years. Like when a place has that much history, the whole hotel could have action. You have no idea. But definitely floor two seems to be the spot of Mr. Harry Culver. So a couple before we get into like how our investigation went, a couple interesting things happened before we even started the investigation. The first thing. So I had never been to the Culver Hotel I'd seen it from across the block while I was walking to the Arclight or eating at public school like Mm. Nixon did, (laughs) but I've never been closer than that. And I've never been inside. I hadn't seen pictures of the interior um, until I booked a room. Yeah. But I had a dream the Friday before the investigation that Lauren and I had just started our investigation on the bottom floor and that we worked our way up to the top and we got in the elevator and it was rickety as all hell and it plummeted to the bottom and we somehow survived other things ended up happening like we went to eat instead and also i got mad at lauren because i wanted to buy a pair of jeans and she took me to a store that sold 500 jeans oh, right. and i do a fancy place yes it was a um <laughs> it was a mess but in the end we went home with only 27 minutes of audio for the entire investigation and i was right. really mad uh-huh so the night of the investigation we discovered that the elevator is the ricketiest elevator. It's the most horrifying elevator <laughs> I've ever like stepped foot on. It's awful. Some of it's the time awful. we took the stairs like five flights up because I was like, Ashley, I can't get on the elevator no. right now. I'm putting a baby's life at risk. It, it was like very was scary. So awful. The sounds were horrible. Yeah. The feeling, it was bad. When it got to the floor you wanted, it would just sit there and shake for yeah, a little bit and before then, the like, doors boom. opened. Like, it, was, it was a mess. It wasn't good. Uh, so that's, you know, it's just, it's untrustworthy is yes. what it is. Right, we are on the elevator, which will go? 100% be the place that we die. Oh, God. These things move? <laughs> no. Is that the elevator? 
idiot. Oh, Jesus. I hate it so much. That is not enjoyable. That's crazy in itself. But, you know, the hotel is almost 100 years old. So, like, of course, the elevator is old. Sure. So maybe it's not so crazy. But the crazy part, and this is something I didn't realize until I was editing our footage, on the final sweep of the night where we started on floor two and moved all the way to the top floor before heading back to our room, the audio file was 27 minutes long. No, it was not. It's exactly 27 minutes long. And in my dream... We started at the bottom, worked our way to the top. Right. And instead of going back to the room, we took the elevator and died. <laughs> which, thank which, God, we did not. Thank God, we did not do. Oh, but my 27 gosh. minutes. 27 minutes. That Isn't was that exactly. Weird? I told you, you that's and your prophetic weird. dreams. That's why I refused to get on the elevator. <laughs> the second I too. realized it was rickety, I was like, nope, Ashley's dreams have predicted the future before. I will not die tonight. We even like in the morning when we went and got breakfast, we deliberately took the stairs all the way down and mm. like took did we take the stairs back up we ended up taking the elevator because okay. i was like i'm pregnant and this is gonna be hell yeah. so we risked Very it true. but i think that was yeah we took it two more times and then we we're like get us the fuck out yeah. of here. <laughs> i had to take it down with my like hundred pound yeah, bag she had and a was huge it. suitcase it was a lot so <laughs> another thing we thought was kind of serendipitous and creepy was our room number five six five six we were given room five 56, which was on the fifth floor. Now, when we investigated the Millennium Biltmore, we recorded and heard a very strange sound while in the stairwell. So the elevator at the Biltmore had a female voice that would say seventh floor Mm -hmm. or tenth floor. Once we were in the stairwell, we heard a robotic male voice say five, six. Long corridor shots. Someone's coming up the elevator, I think. Nope. That was just a random creepy sound. Mm-hmm. We never heard anything else like it while we were there. We never heard that robotic voice. That, like I said, the elevator was a female voice, one. The whole time. And two, she didn't say floor five or floor six. She said sixth floor. So mm-hmm. even that doesn't make sense right. that we like misheard it. But we caught it on audio. So that was five, cool. Five, six. Five, six. And now we're doing our second hotel investigation and we're in room five, six. Yeah, that was, I, I mean, it could be <laughs> meaningless to outside totally. people, but we both thought it was pretty cool. But, I you know, it's, needless it's to say, after nutty. both of those coincidences, I was like, are yeah. we dying tonight? Know, is is tonight the, the night? <laughs> we go out swinging. Season two finale. <laughs> Season two finale. Someone's going to have to edit this because I'm dead. <laughs> I am dead. So we, first of all, we started the investigation by doing what we did at the Biltmore, where we just kind of do a real quick sweep with the audio. And um, and then at the end of the night, we would revisit every floor, but take extra time in those areas that were like interesting. And the first time we walked through all the floors, one, we couldn't stop talking about how beautiful this place is. We commented on like how great the pillow was in our hallway. It was just us kind of giving <laughs> ourselves a lovely tour. We yeah. were just like, look at the wallpaper. Yeah, the wallpaper was great. The pillow in our hallway was one of those like sequiny pillows where you could like swoosh Swipe the sequins one way and it was a different color. Uh-huh. That was really fabulous. Were very Big classic old school looking phones on every yes. floor that you just wanted to pick up and talk on forever mm-hmm. oh is this one of those fun pillows i was just thinking that where you can wipe it <gasps> it is i love those they're so satisfying we also should... look at the cutest phone does it work, it work? 
And it, it was raining. Oops. Sorry, it was a joke. <laughs> um, there beautiful was, chandeliers. Uh, beautiful chandeliers. The um, bows on every door mm-hmm. and poinsettias because it's Christmas time. It was really nice. It's just a magical little boutique hotel. Yeah. You have to visit it if you get a chance. This place is so beautiful. It's it so old. Mm-hmm. And needs a good vacuum. It sure does. <laughs> They also put little red bows on all the doors for Christmas. Cutest. And I love the doors, the sleek black. Mm hmm. And look at the room numbers. Gorgeous. I know. Everyone should see I'm so impressed. (laughs) It's wonderful. All the uh, floors, like in the hallway, are carpeted, but in your rooms, hardwood floors. Mm It's it's really wonderful. It feels very classic and old Hollywood, and it's every beautiful. room the is furniture, different. Yeah, the furniture is all like old, used, sturdy wooden furniture. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not the beds, but like the, the beds are very the creepy. headboards, the the like cabinets. Everything yeah. is old. It's got those old um, crystal looking doorknobs. Yeah, that are like, I like that on the closet door. Yeah. we had those in my house growing up. It, felt amazing and yeah every room was different you if we kept peeking the next morning we kept peeking into rooms that were being cleaned (laughs) and the paint would be different on the walls the headboards would be Mm -hmm. a totally different style it was just every room had its own little look and it was so cool yeah i loved it but something interesting the first time we walked through i mean i didn't get a single bad feeling Mm -hmm. and i didn't we didn't get a single ding on our emf Mm -mm. We even thought, like, is this thing broken? Yeah, we, when we kept pressing inv- the button. Our last two investigations, it was at least going off every once in a while. This thing right. didn't go off once. Right. It was the most boring first walkthrough besides yeah. our enjoyment of the view. It was also very loud because the, the there was a was... jazz band playing downstairs. So the lower we got, the louder it got on the audio. So that wasn't really awesome for mm. an investigation, but it was still a lot of fun. So we went back to the room. And we did a our very first, not very successful, ghost box experiment. Yeah, that was a bummer. Andrew Miller bought us um, a ghost box, which it was is, so kind. Yes, wonderful. So for those of you, I guess we should kind of go over what these things are in case you haven't listened to our uh, our ghost hunting episode. Right. The EMF reader is a small item that detects electromagnetic fields like changes in electromagnetic fields natural changes electron like actual like machines you know if we put it up to a light that's turned on or a socket that's generating power it's going to go off um but if you're just like and that's something that we had to do a lot at the millennium biltmore we would get some action on that thing and we would be like oh my gosh and then we'd realize we were right next to like the electrical closet and it was like okay yeah okay so that's that's why that happened. So that's what this is. It beeps really loud and it lights up when there's a change in the electromagnetic field. The ghost box is just simply a an AM/FM radio that quickly changes through the stations for you. Just it's constantly like when you press scan through. on your car radio, except really quick. Yeah, like it's very scanning quick. them very mm-hmm. quickly. And the idea is, and this is actually an idea that Edison had, um, and Tesla had. And they worked on it a lot. Was that you could communicate via these radio waves? We actually did later in the night get some interesting stuff on the ghost box. But again, the first time through. So if you are here, 
You can uh, come close to this guy, this little orange guy, and the closer you get to it, the more it will react to you. Literally nothing. We couldn't mm -hmm. figure out what we were doing wrong. Like nope. It was almost like it wasn't until the second half of the night that anything happened It's at all. really true. A whole first sweep of the floors and then our little room investigation were so unfruitful mm -hmm. and just complete duds. And then later in the night, we kind of got our footing and things decided to interact with yeah. us. Um, the second walkthrough, and I'm going to let you listen to a couple clips here. The second walkthrough, again, on the floors, we got pretty much nothing. No bad feelings, no cold chills. First of all, the hotel was actually very warm. It was quite toasty. It was toasty. It was I'm sure they had warm. the heat on. Like, yeah. it's winter. But it was very warm and uncomfortable. No breezes at all mm -mm. until we got into the stairwell. stairwell and there were no open windows. We checked all the windows. There were no open windows. And our EMF reader actually went bananas ba for a while. Bananas. I mean, like, I've never seen it go off like that It was before. going it so, was really so crazy. fast as if it was right up against a fuse box, but it wasn't. It was mm -hmm. just in the middle. I was just holding it in the middle of a staircase, and it was beeping the quickest I'd ever heard. And we tried several different things. We put it up against, you know, something that we thought was an electrical closet, and it would actually stop. Yeah. And I was like, well, that's weird. And then we'd bizarre. put it up against, like, a step, and it would go crazy. But right. then we'd put it up against the window, and it would still go crazy. It's like, it's a window. I like, know. what are you it reading? It no sense. Let's go up and see if it... Hello? Hi. Hi. <laughs> what are you reading? Yeah. Is it me? Is it this? But it was No. No. What? Weird. We also so, felt a couple cold breezes yeah. when we would get the action on the EMF, mm -hmm. which was very interesting. Very cool. I'll let you listen to a couple things in the stairwell. So it's right here. Should we go upstairs? Blink once for yes. <laughs> Ew. Isn't that weird? What was that? It I don't sounded know. like something it was like, passing. It sounded it like, like no. something passed us or said no. Because you ask... Do you want us to follow you or do you want us to go upstairs? Should we go upstairs? Does kind of sound like no. I thought so. It almost sounds like it's a man at first and then changes into a woman. <laughs> Did you hear that? It was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Should we go upstairs? And it kind of sounds like it's flying. <laughs> What's happening? I didn't know what that was. It I was. I mean, like. Could it have been someone at the hotel? Maybe, but I don't remember like hearing someone moan. No, no one was moaning that I know no. of. Then this That's one weird. as well was in the... Yeah, okay, so this happens a couple times and it's kind of a weird sound. It doesn't really sound... It sounds like something unnatural, like something that's not speaking. Uh, I'll let you listen to it. Very clear breeze, though. But what did I say? Look. Crumbs. Crumb ghost. <laughs> it's like right it's here. It's right here. Did you hear oh, it? Oh, yeah. 
I like I can't starts, even distinguish yeah, what that it is. It starts over here right. and then it kind of fades. It's us talking and then it like happens again. Yeah. You need to hear that again. Crumbs. Crumb ghost. <laughs> Yeah, it's almost just like swirling. I can't even. Like... It was very weird. I didn't know what that was, but no. it stood out to me. Sure. And like, so the Doesn't things that I'm natural. making you listen to, including like that last one with like the no or whatever the hell that mm-hmm. was, these are like very standout. Mm-hmm. So, for example, I'll let you listen to this one. I made sure to like go back through, change the audio around, try and listen to make sure it wasn't one of us. Mm -hmm. And both times it's or all the times, all of these clips, it's not us for sure. But I can't tell for sure if these are actual like voices coming through. But I know for sure it's not us and it's not anyone else human living or whatever in the hallway because the, the sounds are coming from very close by. And I know that it wasn't the two of us. Okay. So this is... Experiment. Oh. Right? But that wasn't us for sure? No, that wasn't us for sure. It almost sounds like someone's speaking backwards. It's like... Oh, interesting. I'll have to see if I can play it backwards. So this is what we sound like when we're speaking. Well, let's try an experiment. That's how loud oh, it yeah. is. Well, let's try an experiment. Whoa. Yeah, it sounds completely different. That one to me sounded like help me. Oh, wait, play it one more time. I maybe I'm a fool. I, I like think it, it sounds a like a times. backwards <laughs> human, which makes no sense. I will try and see if I can get it to like play backwards. Oh my gosh! I mean, I mean, I'm, you don't I know. Could be crazy. Could I have be... no idea, but it definitely sounds it's a creepy. Voice, ass. And I don't yeah, know, and it's what not it us. This one's interesting too. This is 27 seconds in. Okay, yeah. So this one. It kind of sounds like whatever is there is getting frustrated with us. Probably. Sounds about right. Yeah. It's at the very end of this. Okay. Me talking. We'll be able to hear it later if we can't hear it now. (laughs) Someone's like, oh, just shut up already. (laughs) I like that one. I know. We'll be able to hear it later if we can't hear it now. It's like right at the tail end I know. of your phrase. How I know like, that, up, th- that the weird like breathy things aren't us is because we did not have a microphone up to our mouths. Right. The microphone was pretty far away. So you're not yeah. going to be able to hear us breathe. Yeah. You wouldn't hear a slight It was sigh. a little bit different than the Millennium Biltmore where like you you could hear us breathing because mm-hmm. we we had that we big microphone mic, that was yeah. like that was you know picking up everything and you could hear us like like huffing and puffing up to the go up stairs, the stairs yeah but yeah this one okay, was somebody was sighing because they hated us i don't know why 
And then this was, do you remember the footsteps? That were above us on mm-hmm. the top floor? Yes, because so I was very creeped I out. really, really had to um, Amplify. crank up the sound. So it does sound a little crazy. There's also like a really loud rumbling. We're on the top floor. Okay, right. so we're on the sixth floor going up to the roof. So yes. we're nowhere near the jazz band. Yeah. You can't hear the jazz band in any of the rest of this area. Mm-hmm. So it's not the jazz band. So at first, I want to let you listen to what your footsteps sounded like so you know that this this is what you sounded like when you were walking. Okay. Very Damn. loud. <laughs> so this is what I heard when I was like... <laughs> yeah. And it's then here's when I say, like, did you hear that? Did you hear footsteps up there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we had both heard it at the yeah. same time we stopped in our tracks. Yeah. My combat boots were quite noisy, They were folks. clunky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, they're a half size too big on me. So, but yeah, I don't know definitely... what this is. <laughs> Did you hear footsteps up there? Yeah. It's loud. It is. <laughs> Sorry. I, I laugh at my <laughs> damn shoe. It's very loud. Super loud. And we did hear that one live. It sounds even louder on the recording, but yeah. That I wonder what that was. Because no know. one could have been There was nothing above, above us. us. Right. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Spooky. And, but literally right after that, you were like, I wanna leave now. I yeah, I, <laughs> I felt weird. Grow. As far as bad energy goes, that little tiny staircase that led up to the roof made me feel strange things i didn't like the vibe there okay i think that was it i do have to go Those back are fun i mean that was it from the hotel that we've got french <laughs> what's it's that like french that's from the cemetery <laughs> um i just like ashley's notes to herself <laughs> french french that's well the most can't wait for that one okay for I'm sure probably gonna cry so I think the Culver Hotel has a ton of history, but I don't know if it's haunted. I'm a little bit more convinced that there's something there listening to all the audio mm-hmm. and getting, because uh, something that you guys didn't get to hear before we I even let her listen to all these clips was our second walkthrough of the hotel. We set up the camera in the room uh, with a microphone and we just left it and we turned off all the lights yeah. and we just let the camera run. And... A couple things happened. One, we had a flashlight on in the room. It flickers several times. A lot. And, and then it gets really bright. Yeah, it gets really bright. gets really dim. I put in a, bar- a brand new battery, and it's like a D-cell. It's like one right. of those huge batteries, um, literally that night, like as I, I was, I turned it on Was that it night. dead when you came back? I don't know. I haven't checked, actually. Because I know sometimes paranormal activity can Ooh. suck out the battery. Well, light. that's why I was like, why is this flashlight dimming and, and getting bright and dimming and getting bright? Like, we hadn't been using it for hours. We had just turned it on, essentially. Right. Mm-hmm. So that happened several times in the video. And there's a, a tapping sound that sounds like it's coming from inside the room. But... There's one sound, and I'll make sure that I play the audio for you guys that Lauren listened to earlier. Um, that is a very, very obvious drag and drop. Drag and drop to the floor. And it's very clearly in the room. It sounds like it's right next to the camera and mic, honestly. Mm-hmm. And it's... 
we don't see this is the only negative thing is we don't remember if anything had fallen when we got yeah. back in the room our memories are both a little foggy if we saw something on the floor but i highly doubt it because pretty much the only things that were on the table with the laptop and the microphone were the microphone and the laptop yeah, <laughs> like i don't think it. and the flashlight and the flashlight didn't roll off because the light stays steady so i don't know what could have rolled off and it's very clearly right there in the room and it sends chills up my spine it's really spooky it's very creepy yeah you expect something to jump in front of the camera i really did i had to watch 30 minutes i guess technically 27 27 (laughs) straight minutes of just like a dark room with random like taps every once in a while and i was like something's gonna jump out like (laughs) there's i've seen scary movies gonna appear i know something's gonna pop out (laughs) the room looked so spooky being left by itself too it's a horror movie and it's Self, guys just staring at that empty room like i said i don't know if it's haunted i don't think it has any intelligent hauntings but no. again like some of those clips make me wonder if if it was and same with the millennium biltmore i have the same feeling afterwards where it's like oh i wish that i had been able to hear all of this audio and then been able to go back to that stairwell mm-hmm. on whatever floors that we were on and like specifically go for that stairwell yeah and and what was interesting is that the the, when our emf was going crazy wasn't that between floor two and three i want to say yes which is you just said a woman has been seen there right going to the second floor lounge so that's not the craziest thing in the world so that's interesting we didn't know that beforehand Mm -mm. which is yeah, kind going cool. in blind was pretty fun because we were just like, let's see what can, what can happen here. And now we know, I mean, the second floor has all the action. Yeah. So, yeah, that I don't think we can come away from this saying it's for sure haunted, but mm-hmm. it seems like, I don't know, there's there's a little something going on. Yeah, I was thinking maybe it's like a residual haunting or yeah. maybe some areas of the hotel contain more energy um sure. than others but it definitely didn't feel to me like the Biltmore had some negative energy yeah. in there like big time there, there were, were some halls that, that we didn't bad. want to walk down no. and there the stairwell remember i kept getting stomach aches in the mm-hmm. stairwell like i yeah. and there was like a, there was a weird a smell. room that smelled and yeah <laughs> it really and not like in a like ooh this place is dirty way in like a is that death way. Right. Yeah. That had a negative energy to it that the Culver Hotel did not. So mm-hmm. I would say whatever is present there is maybe just like a munchkin who's still partying in the oh, stairwell, uh, you know? <laughs> it had like the feeling of maybe there's something here, but it's nothing malicious. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel any evil presence there. It was no. just sort of a, oh, maybe there's some leftover energy hanging out During here. our ghost box, uh, this is something I forgot to mention. I'll play the audio for you guys at home. But um, during one of our ghost box, before we traversed the halls the second time, we tried the ghost box again. And I don't know if you remember, but I asked Harry Culver, do you want to talk to us? And the ghost box said, my office yes yeah i forgot about that and then do you want to listen to it yeah okay do we have it yeah i have it here do you want to talk to us oh yeah it goes office yeah (laughs) yeah and then later i asked it do you want us to come down to your office i think it's here 
Would you like us to come down? Flashlight is flickering. I couldn't tell if I was crazy or not. Ooh, it's getting bright. Harry, would you like us to come down to your office? Yes. It sounded like a woman said yes yeah. that time. It sounded like a woman yes. was like, yes. It was just <laughs> both interesting. Times that, it like, both like times happy, yes. it was like a happy yes. It was like, yeah. 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 Yeah, you should come down. Like we weren't getting any voices at all. And then I ask a question and the sounds that come through are yes. After nothing happening. After nothing. <laughs> but I'm pissed because then we did go to Harry Culver's office mm-hmm. and we got Jack Squat. You know what? Harry Culver's office is in the most hopping place in the whole hotel. The office is like directly above where the jazz band plays. Yeah. So we couldn't get anything at there night. There were always people And then around. when you went down by yourself in the morning, it was so loud because everyone's down there having breakfast. Clanging around so, their breakfast yeah, dishes. Yeah, and it's yeah. like right near the kitchen mm-hmm. and like... You could hear the Christmas music. So it's just kind of a, we you just, know, honestly, it was like a we should have gone down there at like 4 a.m. Right. But just we sat were in bed there. Yeah. by one. Uh, we were sleeping. I know. I went there in the morning so hopeful, but you could hear the kitchen sounds and the Christmas mm-hmm. music. So I tried to go to the quietest spot, which was the bathroom in his office, and it kind of had a creepy closet. I just sat there for a second praying that some little bit of action would come through, but no dice. No, it's definitely um, not as easy to investigate as, again, sorry to keep bringing it up, but it's the only other hotel we've investigated, mm-hmm. the Biltmore, because the Biltmore was so massive, mm-hmm. and there there is a bar downstairs. There's a yeah. bar, there's a restaurant, there's all this action, but, but by the separated. time- yeah, Yeah, by the time, like, floor two, if you remember, was completely closed off, which was very suspicious. Sounds spooky. So by the time you got to four, floor three, where we were starting to investigate, you couldn't hear shit. It was, it was completely quiet. It really is a great place to investigate. Mm-hmm. And the people that work there are so fun. And yeah. they tell you all the action that happens and there. And we were there on a Wednesday night. Yeah, that's true. You know, it was a weekday. I don't think we ran into a single person in the halls. No, we should have done so, Culver Hotel on a weeknight, but also I think our we have lives. work schedules are yeah. much different. <laughs> We're doing crazy things. I'm no longer unemployed. No. Okay. So moving on to the Holy Cross Cemetery. Yes. Tell us about it, Ashley. I'm, I'm doing it. Hold on. I have guests. So the history of the Holy Cross is really fascinating. The cemetery is owned and maintained by the Archdiocese of Los Angeles. And it's fucking huge. It's it's the biggest huge. place I've ever been in my life. It's enormous. It's 200 acres. No. 200 acres. Actually, I'm not surprised. Oh, okay. Well, because <laughs> um, when we were there, we couldn't even like see where it ended. Yeah. It was insane. It was madness. So we had no idea how big it was. All the headstones are the flat kind, nothing raised or flamboyant, just flat stones, tens of thousands of them. In fact, one of the questions that we had, because so many of the stones were so close together, was how the hell do they fit all the bodies in? Mm -hmm. And I had wondered if they were cremated and buried in urns or what. Well, I guess not. As far as I can tell, there are caskets under no. there. Caskets, underground crypts. I mean, I have no idea how it's How do done. they fit? I don't understand. I, I are they the skinniest? I went to their website. Yeah, I have no idea because it just doesn't seem possible no. that they fit. I don't uh, believe it. But I think it's all a system of underground like crypts. Okay. So when someone gets buried, I don't know if they necessarily dig 
I think there's a way that they get them in like from the side. Wow. Does that sound weird? So they're not actually digging a hole above the ground right there. That's fascinating. So that's kind of interesting. I don't know how it's done, but it's done. One thing I actually wanted to talk about was Riozo Cado, who was the man who built the grotto at Holy Cross, which is this beautiful area with these beautiful stone carved statues and a waterfall and a shrine and everything. Mm-hmm. And um, so this guy had an interesting life. He was born in Japan. He was the son of a wealthy tea planter. And he first came to America as a door-to-door tea salesman in Cleveland. Uh, And after a few years, he moved to Los Angeles to study with Chotaro Nishimura, who was a designer of the Royal Gardens in Tokyo and considered one of the world's greatest craftsmen of stone. Oh, wow. So Kato apprenticed under him and eventually married his daughter, who was a well-known seamstress. He worked for years and years out of Santa Monica and soon began building grottos in private homes of L.A. Catholics before moving on to bigger projects at Catholic churches. In 1939, he built the famed Lords of the West Shrine in Altadena, which is a beautiful grotto featuring St. Elizabeth. And apparently it was visited by 500,000 people the first year it was open. Jeez. Kato was raised Buddhist, but converted from Buddhism to Catholicism after completing his first Catholic shrine, hmm. which I thought was interesting. That he is. obviously had an experience or something. Right. But when World War II came, Kato and his family were sent away because they were Japanese in America. Mm. So their lives got kind of ruined for a while. They were yeah. sent to the Manzanar relocation camp in the Sierra Nevada foothills. Mm. And he and his father-in-law attempted, who is um, the artist, attempted to beautify the desolate camp building fountains and gardens using whatever material they could get their hands on. Then after the war, Kato, his wife, and their two children began to rebuild their lives, and they moved back to Los Angeles. And by 1954, he was designing and constructing the new grotto at Holy Cross, which he considered to be his masterpiece. I believe it. It's so glorious. After it was constructed, it became the most desirable real estate for departed SoCal Catholics. In front of the grotto is where Bella Lugosi is buried. And Mm -hmm. off to the side is where Sharon Tate, her unborn son, and her mother are buried as well. In 1990, the band The Cramps signed their new record deal with Enigma Records on Bella Lugosi's grave. No way. <laughs> Even what today, a fun tidbit. I know, I love that. I Even like today, that. people leave fun things for him. When we were there, yeah. there were jewels, a tiny bat, and a cigarillo. Left yeah, on his that was headstone. probably my favorite. It was the cigarillo. <laughs> but the bat was so cute. I know. I loved it. Roman Polanski actually had a run-in with a photographer in the cemetery in 1977. Later in the week after he pled guilty to sex with a minor, and right before he fled the country, he was kneeling at Sharon's grave, and a hiding photographer took the photos of him. Apparently, Polanski chased the photographer through the cemetery, shouting obscenities, snatched his camera, breaking the photographer's leather strap in the process. Oh, man. The DA refused to press charges against Polanski, and the camera camera was returned but without the film Ooh, so one really interesting thing that happened was in 2013 so this happened in 2007 but it wasn't revealed until 2013 that the archdiocese 
had appropriated $115 million from the Diocese Perpetual Care Fund. And the Perpetual Care Fund uh, is paid into by plot holders since the 1890s and is used for the general care and maintenance of the 11, 11 cemeteries across Los Angeles okay. that is run by the Archdiocese. But he used this $115 million to finance part of the $600 million settlement the church made with sexual abuse victims. Oh, my gosh. Pretty much everyone contributing to this fund with loved ones buried at the cemeteries were appalled and disgusted. That's horrible. The church insisted the loss of money would have no effect on the graveyard maintenance and the funds would be repaid and replenished with the sale of new cemetery plots. The scandal apparently didn't do shit because... Nothing. Nothing happened to the archdiocese, and no one took their families out of these. Why? Graveyards. I would have protested that immediately. That's and insane. A year later, it was discovered in 2014 that the archdiocese had shielded accused priests, for example, by ordering church officials to not turn over a list of altar boys to police who were investigating, according to the court order of the released files. So once again, come on, the Catholic Church. Such a blind eye turned at every corner. Not even a blind eye turned, like literally. Recognized, but just like, bye. Yeah, just tucked away. (sighs) Hiding information from the police. Boil. I can't believe all of that money was put. $115 million. Yeah, that's insane. And these people are trying to keep their loved ones in, I mean, in the best, I say in the best care. I mean, keep their grave sites in the best care, but. What? Yeah. Like to be so misled and lied to, I would be so upset. Now, for famous hauntings, there are a slew of stories from people who've had experiences that they can't explain in the cemetery. There is one about a Culver City local who passed an old man outside the cemetery on the sidewalk who had sunken eyes and blood dripping from his ears to his mouth. Cool. When he turned back, the man had disappeared, but he still heard the footsteps. Gross. Yeah, don't like that. Some late night visitors claim to see spirits dancing on graves, which is very nice. (laughs) That's lovely. A glowing mist has been witnessed near the grotto. Orbs have been photographed. Hey, I know somebody with an orb (laughs) in their photo. According to more locals, there was a human skull that turned up in the branches of a tree. No one knew where it came from, who put it there, etc., I can't figure out if that's just an urban legend or not because it's widely reported. There are a ton of people who say that they've heard that, but I can't find a newspaper article or anything. No so photos or anything? No. Who knows about okay. that one? And I, I don't even know like what year. Like <laughs> when? The 80s? Just, the 90s? Just the a 20s? bunch of hearsay. My favorite story, though, was an experience that a Texas man had named Scott Spencer um, when he was visiting Los Angeles. He wanted to take some photos of celebrity graves, and his story goes as follows. As I was searching in vain for the grave of Mr. Jimmy Durant, I happened to look to my left, and I saw, standing about 30 yards away, a young man who looked to be in his late 20s gazing at me. It was around noon. He was a white male, about 5'10", with thick, black, well-kept hair. He was wearing a long-sleeve white dress shirt and black suit pants, and he looked at me in such a way that I thought he was annoyed with me or curious about why I was there. I took my eyes off him for approximately three seconds while I got my bearings once again and glanced back his way to give him a smile and a wave. 
Much to my puzzlement, though, he was gone. I scanned the area where he had been standing, and he was nowhere to be found. In the particular area in which he'd been standing, there are no trees. There's absolutely no way possible that he could have gotten out of sight so quickly unless he had a jet engine strapped to his back. (laughs) One moment, he was out in the open. The next, he was gone. I was astonished when I started to realize that I thought I'd seen a ghost. This ghost, however, looked slightly familiar, but I could not place him. About a week later, after I had returned home, I started scoping out the Find a Grave website for celebs' graves that I had missed. I clicked on one name, and as I looked at the face of the actor there, I gasped. Because before me was the very face of the ghost I had seen in the cemetery. There's absolutely no doubt in my mind that I saw the ghost of Vince Edwards. Vince Edwards played Dr. Ben Casey in the television show Ben Casey from 1961 to 1966. Interesting. Now, Vince was actually addicted to gambling. Okay. Um, At one point, he told his friend, William Friedkin, who directed The Exorcist, that he had sacrificed a good portion of his career and life to an addiction. He died of pancreatic cancer in Los Angeles. Um, More reports of a 20-something-year-old handsome man with thick hair have come out of the cemetery, either wearing all black or a white dress shirt with black pants. And it's interesting that if it is Vince Edwards... That his spirit lingers as a 20-something mm-hmm. and not the age of his death, which was 67. Yeah, what? But then I thought maybe that's the age in which his gambling addiction took hold. Oh. And that's where he would want to go back again if he could. Sure. Because he like very much so was open about... He and his wife, actually, the last couple of years he was alive. She had a gambling problem, too. They like went around trying to... like explain to people how addictive gambling is and how it will ruin your life and like how don't do away it. From yeah. it yeah so i wonder oh, if after he died like kind of his like unfinished business if you will is sort of like i wasted it yeah i want to go back to before i ruined my life and everything went downhill yeah oh yeah that's interesting and uh, he is a very he is an actor especially these days especially the young version of him the 20 something year old version of him an actor that you might run into in a cemetery and not realize that it's an actor, sure. first of all. Yeah. Second of all, that it's a dead actor. Right. <laughs> Just be like, oh, who's this guy? Who's this handsome who's guy? Hanging out? Where'd he go? Devil. Oh, he disappeared? Oh, he's a ghost? Great. <laughs> oh, man. That's so, a fun story. I like that. Yeah, me too. I love that story. I didn't feel any bad vibes at the cemetery at all. No, I actually felt lovely. Yes, it was was really wonderful. We were there during full daylight. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's why, but... um, It would be interesting to go back at night. Yeah, I was mostly just in awe. One thing that happened that was really interesting, though, again, just another kind of weird thing that's not really haunted, but just strange, was that the two graves that I wanted to find were Sharon Tate and Bella Lugosi. Mm -hmm. Now, there are no maps of the cemetery or anything and we went to holy cross before doing our research so i had no idea a how big the cemetery was or b where the hell i could find their headstones we were shocked at how big the place was and we both looked at each other like do you know where these graves are no okay let's go 
I knew that Lugosi's grave had a statue somewhere nearby based on a photo that I saw. So as we pull into the cemetery and start driving up this massive hill and we realize how enormous this place is, it's 200 acres. I repeat, 200 200 acres. acres. And we almost immediately give up on finding the two graves that I wanted to see. Like we pulled over... We parked in an open space. We got out. We walked to a statue because I knew Lugosi was buried near one. Right. Nope. Wrong statue. And we were pretty high up on this hill. So we like looked around and I was like, oh, there's another statue. Oh, no. There's another statue. Oh, no. There's another right. statue. There's statues there everywhere. And I was like, well, okay. Well, we don't have to go to their graves. Like the place is supposedly has some activity. We'll just walk around. Yeah. So we, for whatever reason, we start. We decided to start heading towards a really pretty area of the cemetery that happened to be the grotto that I talked about earlier. Which Again, we were parked like right next to totally yeah, by chance. Totally it was by really chance. weird. We had no idea. And we start walking to it. And again, no research had been done. Nope. Like I just, just thought walked. that looks pretty. Yeah. And we walked and there was like a, you know, waterfall. And we we loved it. It was beautiful. As I make my way around the grotto, I notice a statue that looked familiar. And I was like, oh, my God, I think that's it. I know he's here somewhere and I managed to find it in a matter of minutes. Mm -hmm. It was really quick. And it was like, how the fuck? How on earth did we just happen upon this? Like Ashley was all of a sudden like, I'm standing by it. This is his grave. And I was like, no, that's, that's not possible. We just got over here. Yeah. It was was like, no, it's It was meant to be. So then I was like, okay, I just want to find Sharon now, but there's literally no identifying pictures in the photo of no, her headstone. There were just some rocks, there's some and there's bushes rocks and everywhere. Rocks, <laughs> and there's bushes and rocks literally everywhere. So we walk around the grotto, and I notice a clump of bushes and rocks that look familiar, but again, like they're everywhere. So I start counting the stones, and somehow I found Sharon's as well. We were only in the cemetery for like half an hour. Yeah. And I managed to both. find. And they happened to be close to each other, which we did not no, know at all. had no idea. They were very close to each other. It was the weirdest experience. Every time Ashley would say, found it, I was like, you're a liar and a thief. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way you just found it again that quick. It was amazing. It was just kind of, like I said, it was like serendipitous. It, we, 200 acres and we managed to park near and walk directly to both of these flat, identical to every other headstone mm-hmm. that I wanted to visit while we yeah. were there. They don't stick out in no. any way. They're flat, just like the rest. You, All you can go by is, I know it's near a statue mm-hmm. and you might find it. And that's it. Uh, oh, I also thought that I found Stanley Kubrick. But I was mistaken. What was his name, actually? Stanley Kubayek. Yeah. Which, I mean, (laughs) hey. And then weren't we like, isn't Stanley Kubrick alive? (laughs) I was like, wait, is he dead? Whoa. I found Stanley Kubrick. What? No, I didn't. Oh. I found Stanley Kubayek. I still am not sure if he's alive or dead. Uh, He died. Okay. Yeah. So it could have been. He could have been. He wasn't. (laughs) Um, I know I wrote down, but I, I don't see it anywhere. But some other people buried in this cemetery. John Candy is oh, buried in this cemetery. love John Candy. Ricardo Montalba- Montalban, Ann Miller, Loretta Young, Dennis Day, Chris Penn, aw, John Farrow, who's Mia Farrow's mm. father, Rita Hayworth. Ah, nice. Okay, so as for things that I heard... On the audio. So this first one 
And it's just kind of a weird maybe voice. I don't know, but it's not, it's for sure not either of us. Okay. Okay. Is it the voice that's like, hurt, hurt? Yeah. That's not you? No, that's not me. What like, the fuck? You can hear me. I thought it was you this saying something. This is what I sound like. So hard to tell. Oh. Yeah. What the hell was that? I Wait, no now idea. I'm now that I'm ready. <laughs> Who? I don't know. Is that monster? I have no idea. <laughs> Sorry for shouting everyone. <laughs> I thought for sure that was you talking to me and that's why I was looking at you weird like what am I listening to? No, I <gasps> sound crazy. I'm yeah. I'm right next <laughs> to the mic. And you're very loud. You, it's not you. You can tell when it's me. Because all of a sudden I say, oh, these formations. Mm-hmm. But before that, there's like mumbly jumbly. No idea. Who on God's green earth? Now, this is the craziest thing that I've ever heard. So this is when we are crouched down at Sharon's grave and we're pretty quiet. Like you can tell, like we, we yeah. are talking here. We had or a moment here, of silence. The, yeah, we were pretty quiet during this. And you talk a little bit here. You talk a little bit here. We both talk here. And there's something from like here to here that sounds like a conversation, but you can confirm that we were alone, right? Yeah, 100%. There was no one around no us. No one was even okay. close to us. What a horrible, horrible death. They had already named him Paul. Right? That's a... Yeah. I have tears in my eyes. What is that? What the hell? Why are people talking? (gasps) It's like very clearly talking. Oh my gosh, that like made me feel all the things. But I put French because it's not English, I don't think. You guys, someone is speaking another language. I'm like crying. In the microphone. This is the craziest it's thing so I've ever heard. Cr- it's as well, if they're it right next to us. It actually doesn't sound like it's in the microphone. It sounds like they're like they're at like a headstone next, next to us. But we were completely, completely alone at this point. We were completely alone. It there sounds were families like we're like in the cemetery, but we didn't even pass them. I know. Yeah, so do you want to hear it again? Yes. It even though right it terrifies here. me. What a horrible, horrible death. They had already named him Paul. Right? That's a lot. Yeah. Paul Richard Ew. That's insane. No idea what that is. There, okay. First of all, there was no one that close to us. Second mm-hmm. of all, like, no one was speaking another language that I could hear. Like I mean, if everything was speaking about another it. Language, it would have been Spanish. Yeah, that is. I think it is French. Oh my! I. <laughs> <laughs> I know like, that one was like. Excuse that. Me? Like I am covered in goosebumps. I started crying a little because I'm just so baffled and shocked by that. I, I know that thing, no though, one is I was near. like, it, are we picking up a phone call? It seems like we're like it picking up someone strange. dropping in on our little recorder. But then I was like, I, I, I tried to do some research to see, you know, 
uh, if Sharon Tate had anything to do with like France or speaking French, I I couldn't find anything. Mm-hmm. She may have spoke French. I don't know. It actually does not sound like Sharon Tate because I've seen interviews with Sharon yeah. Tate and I've seen performances. It doesn't. The female voice sounds deeper, not like you deep, mm-hmm. but like deeper it than is. Sharon yeah, Tate. I agree. And I don't, you know, couldn't identify either voice. Oh so my! It's God. definitely not Sharon Tate. What was that? I have no idea. And there's no way a recorder would have, like, that doesn't happen on voice recorders to pick up another so. frequency, right? I mean, I'll. I'll it literally look sounds into like it. someone's like dropping in from. I know. Like uh, we're like catching a phone call or like a radio but station. But it's only at that moment, and then it's when nowhere else. Oh, weird. Because I listened to that clip about a mm, hundred times to try and figure out like when it starts, when it ends. Holy buckets that made me feel all the things. That is so weird. Oh my gosh. I wonder what that is. I'm so curious. Why were French people sitting by us? I don't know. And they weren't communicating with us. They were doing their own thing. They were in their totally other world ignoring us and we were ignoring them clearly. Yeah. We definitely didn't hear any of the sounds except for the footsteps the footsteps were the only thing that we like were like did you hear footsteps everything else was um audio totally caught on audio pretty cool that we actually caught some stuff because we really weren't expecting to no we were kind of like hey if anything else this was a nice day (laughs) we got a cheese board exactly (laughs) Woo! that was crazy it's also funny that the nuttiest EVP that we caught was in the middle of the day, like middle of the sitting day. in the grass outside. Middle I mean, of a cemetery. Yes, we were in a cemetery, but just like with the way the sun was shining and us just casually sitting in the grass, yeah. that's the last place I thought we would have caught anything. But I mean, then again, Sharon Tate, it's that is a crazy grave to be that close to, I guess, yeah. with such a grisly death. Would, no one with the Mansons would have been French. I don't right? think so. My nose is running now because I, I cried hear, a little. <laughs> I didn't hear that till like uh, yes or no the day before. And yesterday I hung out with Joe because he was out of town. So <laughs> I didn't. I just did like a quick Google search, like okay. Sharon Tate French. I know that they that Roman Polanski they filmed Rosemary's Baby in Paris, right? Huh. And what didn't it happen during the filming of that? Yeah. Could be connected. Could be. Or it could it's just a, be. It could be a long yeah. shot, but. Whoa. It would be interesting to go back now to the cemetery, to Sharon Tate's grave, now that we know where it is, and look at the grave surrounding it to see if there's any French names. Oh, my gosh. I didn't even think about that. that yeah, would be what if one of her neighbors is French? That's yeah. That's very, one of her very neighbors. possible. Well, I know it's bad to say her gravestone neighbors. Her gravestone neighbors. <laughs> Ooh. Yep. Now yeah. I want to go back. You should do that. It's basically your neighbor. I mean, you can't. You're leaving town. But when you get back in when town, I get back, go. I think the two of us should go at night, scare the poop out of ourselves, and see if we meet any Frenchmen. Fine. <laughs> I guess. Any Frenchmen hanging out here tonight? I know. This is another situation where it's like, well, now that I've heard this audio, I really want to go back. Me and too. I want to, like, you know, search around that headstone. Maybe if maybe there's a French name nearby and we can go right. to that particular headstone and yes. see if we get anything. If we do go to the cemetery at nighttime, though, Joe and Alex may need to come because uh, I might yeah. cry or pee. <laughs> <laughs> but or it could pee. be worth a shot. 
So, Woo, dog. That was our investigation. In the end, we had a blast. We had so much fun. We ate a whole cheese board. Yep. <laughs> I drank wine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were pretty tipsy tips at the Biltmore, so we were definitely no, more of a totally sober paranormal investigation. <laughs> totally sober. We were of sound mind on this mm-hmm. investigation, which was different, but still had a great time. Yeah, and we the had beds fun. were so nice. Ugh. We watched Clouds. hours of ghost adventures. <laughs> it was to the point where we like couldn't keep our eyes open. We were like, I gotta find out if this oh yeah mother communicates with her son. We watched an episode of Forensic, Forensic Files. Files 2 right before oh, bed, and I was like, I'm losing it, but I have to know if the husband did it. I fell asleep, and then like you you were like, do you have the remote to turn the TV off? And I was like, oh, well, yeah, and I went to turn the TV off, and I was like, did they catch him? I was like, yep, they got him. <laughs> yeah, he was definitely him. involved, and we were both just like, great, great. and went to sleep. <laughs> Had to have the resolution. Oh, good. Oh, so good. We decided just, Last thing we get to tell you guys before our season ends and we don't talk to you till next year, we both picked out a listener ghost story to read. Hello, how are you? Hello, my babe. Hello, my ragtime. Not the first time we've done that. No, it's weird that that one comes up a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's because we always talk like old Hollywood folk. You can go first. All right. Mine is pretty quick, but fun. This was submitted by a gal named Rachel. I realized hey, we have Rachel. lots of listeners named Rachel. This is a different one than like the eight stories we've read before. I wonder if they're all Jewish. That's a very Jewish name. Is it? They come for the Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. They come for they the stay, Joe. They stay they for s- us. They but stay they come for, for Joe. Come for the Joe. Yeah. Stay for us. Okay. So this isn't actually a ghosty story, I'll be honest, but still right up our alley and you'll see why. So this is from Rachel. The subject is why I'm scared of the dark. Rachel says, hi, I love y'all's podcast and you guys make my awful commute way less awful. (laughs) Yay. I just like reading those little tidbits. So she says, when I was eight, we, my mom, dad, brother, and sister went camping. It was totally normal for us. We would drive to the campground. An important note here, my parents preferred less commercialized sites, as my father calls them. We would go to the campground and set up our tent. We were all driving my mom insane while she tried to make dinner because obviously we were starving. So my dad took us to explore in the woods around our campsite. I was walking ahead and the following exchange happened. Me. Hey, there's a boot over there. Dad. Okay, we will pack it out with us when we leave, but let me get it. Me. Keep walking towards the boot. Hey, there's pants too. Dad. What? Me. I think you should come over here. Dad. Why? Just leave whatever it is there. Me. Okay, but I'm pretty sure it's a dead guy, so you might want to look. Also, her as an eight-year-old girl is amazing. (laughs) Which I told her in my reply. I was like, you're the coolest kid. Cue my parents freaking out and herding us kids to the car and calling the cops immediately. Because indeed, it was a dead body. Apparently a dead body that had been murdered within the last 24 hours. It was fresh. Instead of heading home after talking to the cops, we just went to another campground because oh, all right. what the fuck else are you going to do, is what she said. To this day, we call it the dead body campground, as you do. 
A few years later, an escaped murderer was hiding in our forest. We had about five acres of land and three or so was just woods. We had no idea until a helicopter and cops stormed our yard. I tried to wake my parents up to tell them that there was a helicopter directly over our house and a bunch of cops outside, and they spent a good five minutes trying to tell me to stop being dramatic. I'm pretty sure it was the same guy who killed the guy at the dead body campground. Dot, dot, dot. Rachel. Excuse me? What? I love the idea of this little eight-year-old being like, all right, well, I think it's a dead body, I though, know. so you might want to check it out. In my response to her, I was like, who were you as a child? And her response, what I, her response was, every time I tell this story, people are like, how are you so calm? And my dad just always says, if you knew her better, you wouldn't be asking her that. I guess I was a pragmatic, level-headed kid. I love that her dad's just like, that's, that's her. It that's kind of girl. reminds me of um, in signs, there's a monster outside my window. Right. Can I have a glass of water? <laughs> like, Just give me my me? glass of water. All in one sentence. <laughs> yeah. And if my child ever said that to me, I would just Where scream does she murder. live? I actually don't know if she said. Okay, I mean, my don't give her address or anything. But no, I won't. I'm, <laughs> I'm just going to look back. I am a little bit like, um, because I don't want to live there, wherever it is. Yeah, she didn't say. She just, just said we we okay. had woods and we well, drove Rachel, to the Well, Rachel, if you want to let us know where you live so yes. we know to put that on our do not move to list. We would love that great. information so we never go there. <laughs> <laughs> love you, though. Thank you for Thank writing you. in. So mine has to do with woods, too. Hey, woods. Ah. We always <laughs> end we up. We do that. We were meant to be. This was a conversation that I had with a person named Oscar Masters. That's a fun name. I like it. It is. I like it a lot. So this is his original story, and then I'll go into the discussion that we had afterwards. He says, I would love a plausible explanation for this situation. This was back when I lived in New Zealand, walking home um, in the forest at night with a friend at like 2 a.m. We were about 14 we were having a good time talking, etc. When out of nowhere, our friend shows up and starts talking to us. Our friend started chatting with us and I felt a really strong sense of euphoria. This friend knew both of our names and things that he shouldn't have, like details of the inside of my room and things that happened to me before I moved into the country. And then he was just gone and we both collapsed, physically exhausted. It was then that we realized that we had never met this friend and that we were still 10 kilometers from town and another 2 kilometers from our campsite. We just lay there for so long recovering. I never actually properly saw my friend. I just kind of knew he was with us and I can't recall his voice either. All I remember is him asking to take us to his house. Just turn left, he said. My real friend luckily had the sense to not let me go. That left turn led to this unfenced lookout with like a five meter drop to rocks. I don't even want to think about what would have happened if I had listened. It was really scary. What? So basically what happened was he was with his friend and he was walking and something tried to coax him off a cliff. Right. And, and in his head, in he his thought head, it was, it was friend. his friend. But it wasn't until afterwards, in his head, he was having a conversation with his friend. And afterwards, he realized the friend was never actually there. Yeah. 
and he couldn't recall the voice that his friend was communicating to him with. Right. But both he and his real friend, his like physical, like I'm with you friend, experienced this and had that weird sense of euphoria. Like, ah, it was like a bug, like going, like flying into a a light. Right. Like, ooh, I can't help. I I can't help it. Listening. Yeah. Until he woke up and was like, um, five, you know, a couple feet away from falling off of a cliff. What? So. I actually, I had totally missed the part where he said that this was back when he lived in New Zealand. And I immediately asked if this was in Connecticut or Vermont because of our third episode, Journey to the Bermuda Tyler. Mm-hmm. Um, I talked a lot about that space of woods up in, I can't remember if it was Connecticut or Vermont, that has a ton of strange cases of unsolved missing persons right. and All strange activity. Yeah, including people claiming that they were being called to a cliffside. Uh-huh. It would come to or snap out of it, standing dangerously close to the ledge. Yeah. Horrifying. Obviously, the answer is no, because it's New Zealand. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Nick's that. So no. But he said that it was in a remote park near Wellington. And he sent me approximate coordinates. And I looked it up. He said that he and his friend were on a three-day hunting trip when it happened. He said that there was always talk about creepy shit going on down there. But... Nothing like what happened to him. And he said it wasn't his only experience. He said that once him and a different friend were camping out in a different part of the park. She was a city kid and wanted to see the stars. So I suggested we climb a tree uh, because it was night already and it was like 11 p.m. and they were under a thick canopy. So they were trying to get above some of the leaves so they could see the stars. Mm -hmm. We did just that and just watched the stars and sky and chatted for a couple minutes. It couldn't have been long because I had a very sharp twig that I was sitting on because I was trying to be close to her because she was a girl. Mm-hmm. She then says, what's that? And points to nothing. I'm really not sure what she saw, but I shrug it off and I look around and here's when it when it gets very confusing. The sun was coming up behind us. We lost almost seven hours I checked my watch and it was 6.15 a.m. I know that I did not sit in a tree 30 feet off the ground with a stick up my arse for seven hours. And we would have been dead if we fell asleep and fell. Right. And he said it was a massive mindfuck. We have no idea what happened. What? They literally climbed a they tree, just were up there talking, and then all of a sudden the sun came up. And they said they knew it was 11 p.m. when they climbed the yeah. tree. And then suddenly and it was sunrise. 6.15 in the morning. I Whoa. had lost time as well, you which I talked time. about in episode yeah. two. So, like, I totally believe it. But I looked this place up, and it's called, I'm probably going to butcher this, Tar- Tararua? Tararua Forest. Huh. Apparently, the coastal areas and near the coastal areas of New Zealand, specifically Wellington, Kayakura, and the Arapawa Islands, are known for some of the best documented UFO encounters in history. Oh, <laughs> interesting. Tararua, 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 doesn't matter, Forest is also rumored to be haunted by a ghost named Cedric, who was apparently a hunter who died in 1945 after getting lost or turned around in the woods. Supposedly, hey, I know, Cedric, poor guy. Supposedly he died of um what's it called when you you're exposed to the elements exposure? Oh, exposure. Isn't it? Yep, that's what it is. 
what's that what's that called when you're exposed? <laughs> it's like exposure. So supposedly his presence is sensed mostly near Powell Hut, which is very close to the approximate coordinates that Oscar had sent me. I found. Huh. Like within two miles. Wow. From where he like dropped the pin and was oh, like, it was somewhere around weirdly here. Weirdly close. Also, this is just a fun fact that I want to share. Wellington, which is the city on the outskirts of this forest, is the same Wellington from Wellington Paranormal Society, which is the What We Do in the Shadows spinoff show. (gasps) Love that. Oh, my gosh. Another funny side note. I couldn't think of the title of the movie, What We Do in the Shadows, which is ridiculous because I love that movie. It's one of my favorites. But I typed this into Google to find it. Things we do in the dark. Things we do in Things the dark. We do in the dark is hey, what I, I mean. Thought. You were on the right track. I, it came up. I that's actually is am, it like it was like the third thing. It was like what we do in the shadows. And you I was weren't like, that's the first. Exactly. You weren't the first one to make no. that mistake. Other people have done it. Things we do in the dark. Also, I'm disappointed in you because I know that is one of your favorite movies. I we talk about it all the time. Could not think of it for the life of me. We all have brain farts. I mean, you just said what is it called when you're exposed to the elements? What's it called when you're and you've exposed? Seventy five percent of the world. <laughs> That's like, I have to tell this story. So Amy Hanselman, who I went to college with, she's one of my really good friends. She now does our mini-sodes. If that you are get in on absolutely that hilarious. She's so funny. She but is. But one time we were having lunch in college, and that movie just came out with Colin Hanks and Diane Lane called Untraceable. Mm-hmm. And it's about this website. Well, I'll just tell you the conversation that we had. So we were trying to think of the name of this movie. And we were like, what's that movie um, where fine. where there's a, an untraceable website and <laughs> they're trying to track down like who's running this website and it's like they can't find them because oh, no. the website's untraceable. It's like unfindable, un- <laughs> impo- impossible. No, we literally said, you had said untraceable, untraceable a like multiple times. times. When describing the website. And then when we finally like Googled it, we were like, well, that's the dumbest thing we've ever done. Hey, we're two of the biggest dummies (laughs) that have ever sat on this earth. My Um, gosh, we've all been there. Yeah. (laughs) That's too good. So anyways. Wow. That was a really good story. (laughs) Yeah. I liked that. I'm very fascinated with that. One, I'm going to definitely look more into. Thank you, Oscar, by the way, for submitting this story. I'm definitely going to. Thanks for having a cool ass name. (laughs) <laughs> I want to look more into New Zealand, like paranormal stuff that takes place in New Zealand. Yes. It's actually kind of hard now because every time you type in New Zealand paranormal, New Zealand supernatural, you get the Wellington Paranormal Society which TV makes, show, yeah, which is great, but it's very hard to research. Sure, now sure, that sure. That shows out. So we'll see. Yeah, I would like to. I would like to learn more. The whole time you were reading that story in my head, I was thinking this sounds like past alien abduction Mm -hmm. stories that we've heard before but i don't want to jump to any conclusions and then of course you're like so ufo sighting ufos (laughs) i was like okay this is what i was waiting for i know that it was kind of confusing the first story because it was was like i didn't fully get it till you no no you have to kind of like read it again because you're like what your friend's there wait it was like which friend (laughs) which friend who's the friend yes now I get it. Yeah. And I was like, was this friend? I even asked him. I was like, was the friend like a specific friend 
that you do that have. you do have right. or was it like in your head whatever was speaking to you you thought my friend and yes. he was like it was the latter so okay. it was he thought it was a friend something in his brain was telling him it was his friend but it was, it was no friend. one he knew but he had no idea okay he doesn't even he can't even picture someone actually being there Ew. which is wild and he said they knew personal things yeah. about him Ooh. Like it was trying to gain his trust. Trust to be Yikes. like, come on, I'm so and so. I know what the inside of your room looks like. And he had just I moved to New it. Zealand, and he was like, no one knows what the inside of my room looks like. The alien type stories that we read on this show are ten times scarier than any of the ghost <laughs> stories. They're so neither of us horrifying. had a ghost story for our listener yeah, ghost stories. That's actually really funny. <laughs> I was trying to change it up because I feel like I always read ghosts. Yeah. And so I was like, I want to be a little different. And I thought you'd go the other way. Mm, it's fine, guys. No, it's, it's fine. fine. It's fine. Well, that's all the time we have this season. This season? <laughs> what is tired? <laughs> Thank you all so, so, so much for continuing to listen and support our show. Thank you, as usual, to our patrons who will continue to get bonus episodes and newsletters throughout our hiatus. Join our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash keepitweirdpodcast to donate to the show and catch up on all our mini-sows that we've recorded. And also, don't forget, in the month of January, we are donating 50% of our Patreon earnings to A Purposeful Rescue, which is a nonprofit in Los Angeles that saves little puppies. Yes, we love um, them. Mostly dogs, but still, you know, the breed. Yes. Dog. Thank you. Thank you to all of our guests that came on this season. Yes. You're all so wonderful and we couldn't do the show without you. Mm-hmm. Thank you to all the other podcasts and small businesses that have shown their support this year, including but not limited to Jennifer Mamone, owner and operator of Dual Crossroads in Pasadena, which is an amazing eclectic store you guys should obviously check out thank you to death by champagne your angry neighborhood feminist a swallow's flight bigfoot king of the forest Mm -hmm. that's weird and macabre london thank you as usual to andrew miller for the consistent support and for getting us our ghost box which we are still trying to learn (laughs) figure out how to use and for answering all of our you know off the record answering all of our legal questions like, hey, can you like write <laughs> something up for us real quick? Can you help us out here? <laughs> Thank you, Stephen Garland, for spending six months of your life researching the John Shakespeare yes. murder with me. I was so amazed. I'm still giving Stephen so many props. That was amazing. Um, he's wonderful. He honestly, like, I started it, but he took off and he did the majority of the research so thank you Stephen. thank you joe oaks for consistently being one of our all-time favorite guests and keeping (laughs) me sane when it comes to the 10 to 15 hours of editing (laughs) that i do during the week who do you want to thank nobody i hate you no i'm just kidding taking your energy um yeah i'd like to thank the baby for forming in my belly because that was a big (laughs) exciting part of this year i would like to thank my husband who is the biggest scaredy cat in the known universe but still supports my dreams of doing ghost investigations and doing this podcast with ashley i'd like to thank my sister julia Furman, for Uh, always constantly hey just giving us feedback and being supportive and one of our patrons but also for submitting creepy stories of Josie, my keeping niece, us updated. at all turns, keeping us updated, which, by the way, I won't 
say the whole story right now in our thank yous. But the other day, Josie saw someone sitting in a rocking chair and said, who's that? Who's that? Who's that? Over and over. So thank you for being a demon child, Josie. (laughs) And to everyone that writes in, I just want to thank all of our listeners that write in for not just for listener ghost stories. I mean, those are some of our favorite episodes. But when you write in for any themed episode and give us stories Mm -hmm. and feedback and helping our structure along with the info that you have, we're so thankful. So even just, you know, if you tag us in your story on Instagram, or you comment on our Instagram post that you really like the episode, it's all really wonderful. And thank you so much, because that's the best. Yeah, we feel very supported and loved by you guys. And we appreciate you letting us speak on these mics. (laughs) Follow us on social media to keep up to date with next season. Our Twitter and Instagram are at Keep It Weird Cast, and our Facebook page is simply Keep It Weird. Visit www.etsy.com slash shop slash Keep It Weird Podcast to buy some sweet merch and keep an eye out for t-shirts. They're finally coming. We just have to decide what we want on them, but we are working on it diligently. Next season, we've got some amazing episodes and interviews for you. Cryptozoology, sea creatures, the government and parapsychology, our weird gross bodies, anthropological finds and frauds, sex, Unsolved Mysteries 2, which I'm so excited <laughs> I for. I love Unsolved Mysteries. I'm so excited. Forensic Science, Evolution and Religion, Death, and so, so much more. And we can't wait to see you in 2019. Have a very weird <laughs> Christmas, a scary holiday season. Yes. And a strange, and a strange new, new year. year. <laughs> Keep it Keep weird. It weird. Hello, spirits. Who wants wants to speak with us? (laughs) On this, the eve of December 16th. (laughs) I like that we both took almost like a win a friend. Hello, (laughs) sisters. Yeah. Feels would have been a nicer view on this side of the building. Yeah. Except for that drug deal going on over there on that roof. Where? Right there. Oh, yeah. You're probably right. Yeah. Looks shady. You just... (laughs)